When your brain starts rushing And you're just too tired from pushing Well maybe it's time for shushing And cowfolk on the cushion Hello and welcome to Cowfolk on the Cushion, a podcast about country music, consciousness, and getting better. I'm Sam Rutten, and this is going to be the last episode of 2020. Um, I mentioned last week that I might take the last week of the year off, and I decided I'm going to to try to um, get a head start on next year, work on some new things try to regain my, um, motivation. <laughs> um, yeah, all of that good stuff. So yes, this is the last episode of the year. Um, and like, first off, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone who has listened, uh, sporadically, consistently, who has shared, uh, the podcast on Instagram, Twitter, uh, played it for friends, whatever, uh, anyone who has, um, sent donations via PayPal or Anchor or Patreon, um, etc. Just thank you so much for the support. I started this this year and this is my 20th episode, which, um, I have a tendency to be, someone who starts a lot of things and doesn't have a lot of follow through. And so the fact that I even have made it this far is really impressive to me. And so, uh, yeah, this episode is going to kind of be about, um, you know, just like an overview of the year for me and kind of in general. Um, uh, yeah. So, I guess uh, just to talk about podcast things, uh, over these 20 episodes that I've made this year, um, as of today, which is Saturday, um, there have been over 300, and so there's been 378 plays total. So uh, that's crazy to me that people have listened to anything I've had to say 378 times. Uh, so thank you for every single one of those. I greatly appreciate it. And I'm not going to lie, like, um, my imposter syndrome definitely flares up, um, often. And I second guess myself a lot. I think back and I'm like, shit, what did I say in that episode? Did I say something that might've pissed someone off? Did I say something that might've been hurtful? Did I say something in a way that I maybe didn't want to, did I choose my words correctly, whatever. But you know what? I think part of this project for me has been learning to just trust myself, to trust my wisdom, to trust my words, my feelings, my thoughts, and to just put it out there and also to recognize that, um, yeah, my thoughts and feelings and opinions and perspectives are going to change. And, um, you know, all that really matters is that, um, I was open and honest, uh, in that moment. And that was my truth at the time. And, um, you know, I'm always trying to move forward. So yeah, thank you for that. Um, let's see what else. 
did I do this year? Just talking about kind of like accomplishments. Um, I joined the Tower Meditation Sangha back in January. I don't remember what week exactly of January. I know I started meditating more regularly um, either the very end of December or the um, very beginning of January. Um, And that was in part um, because of the breakup that I was going through. Um, We still lived together until the end of January, um, but I just didn't really feel safe and I communicated that and um, he basically was like, well, you're wrong. So I was like, well, okay, well, I seems like maybe I need to just work on some things then because you're not uh, trying to hear me out, but okay. Um, So I think this is just, I mean, my meditation time uh, obviously is not tracked anywhere in that group, but um, I've used a handful of different apps. And I feel confident in asserting that of the past 365 days, I've meditated for at least 345 of them, which uh, feels astounding. I never would have thought that I could do that, but I've done it. I've missed very few days. And, you know, they weren't always um, long sits like I wanted. Some days it was just five or 10 minutes, whereas I would rather do 20 to 45. But, um, you know, it's the journey, not the destination. So, um, yeah, I think, um, in, in this entire year too, I've only missed like maybe, maybe three, um, Sangha meetings the entire year, whether that be in person or online. And, um, I think those were all just for work because, um, I had tried to ask for Mondays off and there were a couple times where it just couldn't happen. So, um, yeah, which to me, that's incredible. Like I've never been someone who went to church regularly. I never, I mean, there were, I guess I was in youth group for a short while. And, um, as an adult, there were, I guess, some activities that were weekly that I would go to. Um, but that's really rare for me to commit to something that, um, no one's necessarily making me commit to, or it's not, um, like a financial thing like school. Um, that's not to say I've never missed classes. I missed classes all the time. But um, yeah, like I've, um, I've had a remarkable level of self accountability when it comes to meditation. And so I'm pretty stoked on that. Um, speaking of school, I finished an online class and I think I got a B. Um, every other time I've taken an online class, I've usually... Uh, <laughs> gotten an F or a WU, which is unauthorized withdrawal, because I usually just kind of quit doing anything um, a couple weeks in, because um, I don't know, I'm not good with um, having to create my own structure. That's something I'm really working on. And, um, you know, I fell off a little at the end, but I think I did a pretty damn good job. So stoked on that. It was just one class and I wasn't working, but you know what? I fucking did it. <laughs> um And kind of on that note as well, I lost my job back in March and, um, you know, this is the first time I've ever been without school and or work for this long and I've held it together shockingly well. Um, 
when I graduated from Fresno State back in 2017, um, that also meant that I was losing my job because it was an, an, an internship for students. And so my graduation was basically also um, my stepping out of that role. And so that was the first time. I mean, I went to school from kindergarten all the way through the end of my bachelor's, which I spent seven years on somehow, um, commuting and working and blah, 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 failing things. Um, so for like 20 something years, I was in school and then working part-time, um, for the last, like maybe four years of that. Um, and so when I, you know, when all of that was gone, I really kind of lost my sense of purpose and my sense of self because I was just so used to being so busy and having all these responsibilities and suddenly I had nothing. And I didn't work for about three months and... Um, it was just a really, really, really bad time. I was not well. Um, but this time I've done shockingly well. Um, I wake up at a similar time every day, go to bed, uh, as early as I can. I wash my face morning and night, brush my teeth, scrape my tongue. Um, I eat three times a day without fail now. Um, I take my supplements and my allergy medicine. I try to get my steps in, like, I'm, you know, I'm feeling pretty good, uh, which is great, and it, I hate that it took me 29 years (laughs) to get there, but it, you know, it is what it is, um, so yeah, what else, um, oh, I went on a solo trip, which, um, y'all have heard about, that was my first time traveling, alone for just for fun um for more than just a day trip I mean I would occasionally go I mean I go to the mountains and stuff but first time I'd ever gone on an overnight trip by myself that wasn't work related and uh that was really great and I want to do it more just COVID makes it (laughs) really challenging to get anywhere but um yeah So I think, you know, overall, it was a really fucking shitty year for most of us. But, like, I definitely personally had a lot of um, tiny victories. And so I just want to start out on that note, you know. Um, I feel like I came into the year um, with a lot of self-doubt um, a lot of confusion about what was real about me and, um, what I actually thought and was saying and feeling because, uh, gaslighting. (laughs) Um, but you know what? The, the bottom line is that no one knows me better than I know me and no one knows what I'm thinking or what my intentions are. Like, yes, if I've hurt someone, then like that's real and that's valid and I have to own that, but like no one gets to tell me what I meant to do or what I want or whatever. Fuck that. <laughs> no one gets to do that but me. So, yes. Um, and then I guess from there, um, kind of just um, want to mention some losses. Um, my grandma passed away in May which, um, I know I've mentioned, and that's something that kind of, um, 
comes and goes in terms of um, just the grief and um, my feelings about that, like wishing I had been around more, wishing I'd talked to her more, whatever, you know, the things that when you're like a very shy child, you uh, later come to think about family. But um, yeah, that was that was rough. I mean, in the midst of the pandemic, like trying to navigate, like, how often do I go see her? Um, knowing that, yes, she's dying, but like, uh, there is the potential that I'm asymptomatic and can bring it to her or, or maybe she picked it up from her hospice worker and would pass it to me. It was just like a whole very complicated thing. Um, and I do kind of wish I'd been around more, but, um, you know, I did what felt, uh, I guess wise at the time. And I was there, um, more than I had been in a long time. So, um, there's that. And then, um, you know, the whole pandemic funeral situation was just so strange, but at the same time, um, obviously it was what was best and it probably made it easier. (laughs) Just, um, not having to see too many people that I didn't know and whatever. Um, yeah, it was weird, but, um, you know, it was a very 2020 moment. (laughs) Um, and then, man, so many, um, country artists passed away this year, mostly as a result of COVID-19. Um, obviously the, the first and probably the hardest for me was, uh, John Prine who passed away on April 7th at the age of 73. Um, John Prine has been, um, a big, um, part of my life, most of my adult life. Um, and you know, there are some kind of like painful memories associated with John Prine as well. Um, but overall, like, I mean, man, if, if there was ever an artist who knew how to, um, kind of embrace all facets of life, including like a childlike sense of wonder that I feel like, has been within me forever, but has just been really struggling to get through. Like, damn, it was John Prine. So, um, that one was really hard. Um, Jerry Jeff Walker on October 23rd at the age of 78. Um, Billy Joe Shaver, October 28th, age 81. And then last week, like right after I recorded my last episode, Charlie Pride, um, December 12th, age 86. And that one's also really hard. Um, I'm a big fan of Charlie Pride. Um, I feel like Charlie Pride is one of those artists who, um, even if you don't like country, you can get into Charlie Pride. Um, Definitely like a trailblazer and an icon. And um, I don't think I've ever heard a bad word about him. And I think I had mentioned that he finally was uh, honored 
by the Country Music Association, um, which is great. You know, he deserved it long ago. Um, but also there's, um, there's a question of whether he could have maybe gotten sick either there or on the way there or back, um, from Texas, um, because he was well and tested negative and then he was sick and then he died. (laughs) And the timeline, uh, it does line up. Um, and that's just, that's really sad. Um, you know, no matter what happened, it's fucking devastating, but damn. Um, yeah, an icon and a legend and I recorded right before I found out. And so I definitely didn't want it to go unmentioned. Um, so yeah. Um, on a more positive note, um, albums that I've really enjoyed, uh, this was really hard for me to come up with because, to be honest, I can't remember what happened this year and what happened in other years. My sense of time is just insane lately. Like, I keep thinking, like, oh, yeah, I just filled out my um, my unemployment thing, like, you know, four days ago. And then I get an email, like, oh, you got work, you got weeks to certify. So I'm like, oh, shit, it's been two weeks? Well, goddamn, like, time is just flying. It's moving in such a bizarre fashion. Um, so there's a lot of albums that I know I forgot about already because they were earlier in the year or something, or, um, or I didn't listen to them as much. Uh, cause when I like something, I just listen to it endlessly. And, um, that's pretty much what these albums are (laughs) that I've listed. Um, so Albums I've enjoyed include uh, Show Pony, Orville Peck, of course. Um, I think, honestly, my least favorite song was the Shania um, collab. Um, My favorite song, you already know, Drive Me Crazy, because, you know, I live for a truck-driving country song, especially when it's a queer truck-driving country song. Um, Super good album. Really enjoyed it. Um, I've listened to it a lot. I think on my Spotify wrapped, actually Drive Me Crazy was my um, number one most played song. And that's pretty much just because the night that it came out, I listened to just that song on repeat with my earbuds in for probably, I don't know, two or three hours just because I was in a mood. Um, So that's how that happened. Um, Charlie Crockett. Welcome to Hard Times. I mentioned that on the podcast, I know. Um, I've been a Charlie Crockett fan for a minute. Um, I've really liked everything he's done, whether it be a country uh, cover, you know, a classic, or, um, you know, kind of an old-time folk song or an original song. Um, He's just super talented, super good live. Um very committed to what he does. And I thought it was a super good album. Uh, I think um, that album as a whole is really good. Paint It Blue kind of goes through my head very frequently. Um, Super good. Um, Spice, self-titled, not country, obviously. Um, 
Some of the songs had to grow on me a little, I'm not going to lie. But overall, uh, super solid album. Um, it has a lot of interesting kind of tonal shifts in it um, that I really appreciated. I, I'm i such a fan of when um, people in punk and hardcore um, kind of shift into other genres. And so I think that's kind of what's so cool about Spice is it's like a super group of people from the scene doing something. Um, maybe it's in the same vein. I mean, it, it doesn't sound the same at all, but I mean, uh, the same kind of thing as when someone like, say, Ian Mackay um, shifts from Minor Threat to Fugazi. It's like, it's not that different, but it, at the same time, it's extremely different. And um, maybe it's more grown up or something. Um, so yeah, Spice. Uh, and then another, uh, Ross Ferrar band, of course, Ceremony, uh, in the spirit world, synthetic remixes. Holy shit. Have I listened to that album on repeat? (laughs) Um, I mean, I really liked the original album, but, um, uh, one thing you may or may not know about me is that, um, I used to um, co-DJ a goth night, goth, post-punk, new wave, whatever, at Strummers with my friends called Shelter. And um, so obviously I I love a synthy, dark, uh, dancey jam. And um, that album, so fucking good. Again, hardcore in non-hardcore spaces. so into it. Um, I still listen to it all the time. Uh, and then, of course, Gulch, Impenetrable, <laughs> Impenetrable Cerebral Fortress, the hardest uh, album name to say of the year. And it's really not, it just is. Um, super good. It's like 15 minutes long. Uh, and I think that's part of the, um, the appeal to me. Uh, you know, just get in there, get it done, get it done well. Don't waste anyone's time. I'm a big fan. It was majorly hyped up, but I really liked it as well. So yeah, again, obviously not country at all. Um, but then getting back into country, the last um, things that I could really think of were um, uh, volume one and two of Sturgill Simpson's Cutting Grass. Um the first one I've listened to a million times. The second one I have only listened to once um, so far. It's pretty new, a couple weeks old. But um, it's funny, like, I mean, I've listened to Sturgill Simpson, and he comes up a lot uh, in things that I'm listening to, but um, he never uh, hooked me as well as he did with uh, his bluegrass uh, sessions. And maybe that's just indicative of the fact that I really enjoy bluegrass and uh, you don't see that much of it coming out right now without digging real deep. And so it scratches that itch for me. Um, I have really enjoyed both albums, but especially the first. So if you're looking for some bluegrass, recommend that. Um... Okay, so I had asked for people to um, respond to a prompt, um, which I'm learning is just, um, 
not something most people are going to do. That's okay. I'm not typically one who does that either. Um, but next year, if you want to engage more, please uh, feel free to do so. But um, the prompt was basically, um, like, what have you learned about yourself, um, your relationships, um, your thought and habit patterns, um, whatever, that you either want to leave behind in 2020 or that you really want to um, carry forward into 2021 because it feels good and right and wise and whatever. Um, again, I didn't get much. Uh, Jen said that she wants to shed her ego and leave it in 2020. I feel that. Um, I don't think that like the ego is necessarily a bad thing. I think it's just like a part of, a part of us. For me, I think the journey so far has been in learning to like recognize when my ego is flaring up and just acknowledge it and not let it, um, take over and carry me away into some weird place that I am really not even, uh, trying to be. So, um. But yeah, that's super real. And then Kelly, thanks Kelly for replying and for sharing it. I see you trying. Um, Kelly says, I've learned how to sit with myself this year. I'm learning that I can't run away from myself in different haircuts or different clothes. I learned that I can really accomplish things if I just take a crack at it a little every day or so. I learned the process to becoming a better friend to myself, which... I feel like is, um, yeah, that's been a major lesson for me too. I think just learning, I mean, I already knew that you can't run away from everything. Um, and I've, I've tried for a long time not to, but I think I've also realized that there were things that I didn't even realize I was avoiding. Um, which is interesting. It's like, you know, when you're on kind of a healing journey or whatever, uh, you think you're good and then something else comes up and it's like, fuck, I thought I already did that, but okay. But yeah, um, no more avoidance in 2021. And I say that knowing full well that I will probably fall back into those patterns a lot, but um, I think that that's okay. I mean, we just have to realize what's happening and try... Try to change things when we see the opportunity. Try something new. And it's it's really hard. Um, but I think we can do it. We got this. Um, and that's definitely one of my goals for 2021. Um, you know, I'm someone who's always, like, acutely aware of what I'm doing wrong or what I should say or do in order to make a situation better. I mean, throughout my last relationship, there for like two years plus, I was just kind of sitting there thinking like, I really need to ask this question or I really need to set this boundary. I really need to say this thing. I really need to ask um, for clarification on something. And I just never did. I would journal about it. I would set intentions in my little moon journal. I would talk to people about it. And then I would just never bring it up to my partner because it felt like I was going to inconvenience him or make him mad or get myself hurt because of a past relationship, you know, when my boundaries were just 
consistently like railroaded over, you know? Um, but I think, you know, that really shows me that I know, um, whether that be like my higher self or whatever, like I know what I need to do and what I need to say, um, in order to have better relationships, whether that be with friends, partners, family, whoever, like I know that knowledge is within me. What I have to do now is put it into action. And, um, uh, Saturn just moved into Aquarius. I am an Aquarius Saturn. So uh, I'm in my Saturn return. And, um, yeah, I feel like it really is going to be all about, um, putting my knowledge and my morals and ethics into action and building better relationships and building better structures for relationships, whether that be at work, at home, with partners, with friends, whatever, like, you know, I can't wait for someone to build the the structure and the groundwork. Like I have to do that myself because no one knows what I want or need better than me. No one knows what feels good and healthy for me better than I do. Um, you know, they'll definitely try to tell me they do and they have, uh, usually men, but, um, yeah. So 2021, I think for me looks like stepping into my power to use a phrase that feels really weird to me, but like, honestly, yeah. Um, like instead of just ruminating on the fact that I need to say something, just saying it and it feels so fucking hard. And I know I'm not alone in that. I know that almost everyone listening to this feels the same way. And that's, you know, you would think that that would make it easier. And it somehow doesn't. Because we're all in that space um, of knowing what we need to do and knowing what we want to ask for, knowing what we need. We're all just afraid to ask. But then I think what happens so often is like, once someone finds out what you needed, they're like, well, fuck, why didn't you just ask? I would have gladly done that. And I think that that's, that's the challenge is learning to, to just ask. And, you know, if you see that someone might need something to ask them for clarification, because it is really hard. And I think because so many of us struggle to ask for what we need, we recognize when someone else might be struggling to ask for what they need. And so it may be easier for us in that space to just be like, hey, uh, I'm noticing that you seem um, uncomfortable. You seem hesitant. You seem really upset right now. Can you help me understand what's going on? Can you help me understand what you need in this moment? Is there something I can do? Is there something you need me to not do? What's coming up for you? Um, and those are the conversations that I want to be having and I'm just not. And, um, I think a lot of us are in that space and I think that we can definitely do it. And I'm really hopeful that, um, 2021 is the year that we start really doing that and start holding ourselves accountable for our feelings and our wants and our needs and holding others accountable for being open and honest about theirs because I'm tired of guessing and I'm sure people are tired of guessing what I want and need to. So I need to be asking. But y'all need to be asking too. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, 
yeah, I think that's the biggest piece of the puzzle for me um, going forward is learning to communicate better because, you know, I've read so many books and I've been in therapy for so many years. Um, I've, I follow so many therapists. I, uh, I'm trying to enter a marriage and family therapy program. Um, you know, like I know what I need to do and say and the behaviors and thought patterns and whatever that I need to shift. Um, you know, I've got all the knowledge in the world, but what the fuck does it matter if I'm not taking it out into the world? And interestingly, um, Aquarius is very much about um, the greater good and about humanity and about um, social justice and about um, community, uh, humanity as a whole, compassion. And I just think that's how we have to get there. We have to start talking to each other. We have to start talking to people we don't know. We have to start asking people what they need. We have to start asking for what we need. Um, and I think I think it's going to happen. Um, shifts are coming for sure. And I've felt some of them for myself and I see them in others. And I just... I'm hopeful. I'm not going to say 2021 is going to be anyone's year. Um, cause I, you know, of course, like many other people, I was like, man, 2020 really feels like it's going to be my year. I'm going to get over so many shitty patterns. I'm going to break so many cycles. I'm going to whatever. Uh, and then that didn't really happen or maybe it did, you know, I don't know. I haven't been out in the world very much. So, um, I've been doing a lot of inner work and I think that's what it is. Um, a lot of us have done a lot of inner work this year. Some people probably need to do a lot more because they just started and it is, a, it's like a long process and it never ends, but there's a lot of digging you have to do to get to some of the things that allow you to really start um, putting it into action, I guess. And I feel like I'm in that space where it's time to start putting it into action because I've been doing the digging. I've been doing the work. I've been um, owning up to my shadow or whatever for so many years like I'm I'm acutely aware of um what I try to hide and what I um what's not serving me and it's time to just be more open and honest about that I think and I think in some ways this podcast has been helpful for that I mean um I think people think that I'm a very open honest vulnerable person and I try to be but there is a lot that I don't talk about and there's a lot that I talk about in very um, careful ways. I tiptoe around some things. Um, sometimes like my answers are non-answers to certain questions. And I think what needs to happen now for me is I need to be a lot more unapologetic about who I am and all parts of me and my experience. And I think um, part of what has made that difficult is sometimes um, when I'm just noting or sharing my experience, it feels like people just want to fix me. And I know I've done that too. Um, and so, you know, instead of just complaining to my therapist all the time that it seems like people want to fix my problems, maybe I need to just say, 
hey, thank you. I see what you're doing. I'm not really looking for help right now, but thank you for the thought. <laughs> like, why is that so hard? I guess because I don't want to be an asshole, but that's not even being an asshole. I think we need to get over our fear of each other and our fear of ourselves. Um, and I need to do a lot of that work too. So I think that's what 2021 is going to be about for me anyways. And I think for a lot of other people in my life, because we've all been talking, I mean, I say all me and most of my friends, we've been talking about the same shit in our like relational dynamics and whatever for years. I mean, that's, that's part of the beauty of having so many of the same friends for like a decade. Um, is that, you know, we've seen each other through a lot. We've known each other as lots of different versions of ourselves. But there are just certain patterns and cycles that we've been acting like we're going to break for so long. And yet we're still stuck in them because we're just afraid to kind of jump off the cliff. But um, I think it's time. Um, and it's it's going to be really hard. But that's what friends are for, too, you know? Um, we can try things out with each other um, in safe spaces, you know, safe containers with consent, of course, asking, you know, like, you know, can you, can you hold this, this thought, this feeling, this pain for me? Um, and then once you find that space, really start working on, I mean, it's almost like an improv class, which I am not a huge fan of improv. I always feel like an idiot. I don't like it. Um, I do like being uh, seen as a funny person, but improv just feels stupid to me, uh, which is probably something I need to deal with on a different level. But um, you just got to try shit out and you got to try it out in a designated space first sometimes before you can start bringing it out into real world situations because the real world is a lot... um, scarier and more unpredictable than like, you know, your best friend of like 15 years or something. Um, or your mom, maybe depending on your relationship with your mom, maybe you need to tell your mom something, but you, you feel like you can't. So you need to try it out on someone else first. Um, yeah. So I think it's time. It's time to start doing that. And, um, we've got each other, you know, um, that may be all we have, but at least we have that. So, yeah. Um, I really don't have much else to say this time. So, uh, again, like, thank you so, so much for all the support, no matter what it's looked like. Um, I'm really hoping that I can dig up a little more um, motivation and momentum. <laughs> for 2021 and do a lot more, come up with better content, more consistent content, lots of extra stuff. Um, I bought an iPhone 12 mini this year, which was a fucking scary purchase, but I did it in part because I want to start doing video. Um, and it just made more sense to do that than buy a camera. Um, so I'm really hoping to figure out how to make that happen. Um, I'm hoping to start doing more with my Patreon, which um, on that note, patreon.com slash cowfolk. Currently, there's a November playlist, a December playlist, 
um, a podcast about Willie Nelson's family Bible and a podcast about Will the Circle Be Unbroken? Um, the January playlist will be up, I think, on the first, if not shortly after that. Um, and that's already ready to go. I haven't decided what January's podcast will be, but that's something I want to work on next week uh, in my time off. So, um, yeah, look out for that. Um, the podcasts are at the $10 a month level. The playlists are at the $5 a month level. I'm probably going to change that, um, and bump the prices down. Cause like, I know times are really tough and maybe you want to support, but you can't afford 10 bucks a month. Um, cause you're trying to support so many other people, which is so real, like so many other Patreons and only fans and sub stacks and whatever because we're all just passing around the same $25 or something oh because the government doesn't want to give us anything um so yeah I'll I'll keep y'all posted about um anything that I happen to be posting and where and what it looks like blah 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 um yeah in the meantime um thank you for um subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts uh if you want to rate and review on apple that would be cool you don't have to uh admittedly i never rate and review anything um you can follow me on instagram if you haven't already at cowfolk on the cushion my website is cowfolk on the cushion.com i really want to try to have more content up on there just writing has felt really hard lately but that's something i'm trying to schedule into my days um, and just really get going on that again. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's my personal Twitter, but, um, I post, uh, Calfolk stuff on there as well. That's just at Sam Retton, S-A-M-R-E-T-T-O-N. Why do I feel like I misspelled that? I don't think I did. Um, yeah. Thank you for everything y'all have done for me this year. This is, um, my therapist kind of said she saw it as kind of um, a way of my, okay, so I've been doing a lot of crafting, like embroidery and finger knitting, um, which is kind of the feminine. And she sees the podcast as kind of an embodiment of the masculine and using my voice and putting myself out there. And I think in some ways that's very true because this is not something that is very much like me. Um but just to drag a little more astrology in for the past, for the last couple minutes of the episode, my south node is in Cancer, my north node is in Capricorn. Cancer is very homey, feminine, watery, emotional. Capricorn is very uh, outgoing, authoritative, leadership, structure, um, success. And so I need to move towards that. And I think that this is kind of a first step in me getting there eventually and trying to work on a business model and be my own boss and whatever the hell else. Cause capitalism, uh, sucks and I don't want to work for someone else. Um, but yes, again, thank you so, so much for everything y'all have done for me in 2020. Uh, and I will talk to you in 2021. Be safe, be well, wear a mask, wash your hands, be kind, do your inner work, speak your truth, um, 
and I'll see you next year. Mm-hmm.